day and night I toss and turn, I keep stressing my mind, mind I look for peace, but see I don't attain What I need for keeps, this silly game we play, play Now look at this all right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos, broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 877-37-GRIND. Um, look, so it's another year past, speaking of with the Denver Broncos, Another season passed with not a postseason berth. Um, and I get the – and I understand it. I mean, I know Bronco 60 doesn't think because I'm not in Colorado that I don't know, you know, how this team is covered or what really the expectations is for the franchise or really the franchise history and all the ups and downs and the lean years that's gone on uh, since the early 80s, but I do. And – um but I say that, you know, you got to put things in perspective. Now, the reality of it is, is this. The one thing I'm going to concede, because I know, you know, the audience, for the most part, Jonas and everybody else has been around me, has had to, quote unquote, hear this whole love of fest for Sean Payton over the last since August or the summer when he was hired. And um, I don't change anything that I said, but what I will say because there is a bunch of local media fan base and even national media and national fan base has really written Sean off already. Whether it was the way the Russell Wilson situation was handled or have you. I've paid too much close attention to the guy's career to want to go ahead and, and understood what he was walking into just to sit there and say, oh, there you go. He's overrated or this and this or it's because of Drew Brees. But what I will say is this, because I, I cut from the cloth, even when I was younger that, you know, played sports growing up, whatever. Um, I wasn't so much of a trash talker, but it, it was one of those that I carried myself a certain way where I did perform or and, and this is even in the regular work, work world before when I had a real job, before I even got into this. I've always carried myself with confidence because I'm confident in my skills, no matter what that might be um, in regards to when I used to work, you know, in the workforce or even, you know, 20 years doing this. I'm confident in what I do and the skills. So I'm going to come across a certain way that might rub people the wrong way. So I don't a guy like Sean, that doesn't that doesn't bother me. But when you do carry yourself that way. When you are coming into a new city and you're making sure that the media and everybody around you understands how you want things and how you want to run things, um, there are certain expectations that you're going to have to live up to. And I believe that, you know, if you want to say that, look, this was a throwaway year. If you subscribe to that, I'm not saying this is what I subscribe to, but if you subscribe to this is a throwaway year for Sean Payton or this is that the honeymoon's over, I'll go ahead and back you up and say that's true because I think going forward, 
However, this Russ situation plays out, because you've got reports out there saying that there were some guys that, you know, Sean's lost some guys in the locker room because the timing in this when they benched Russ and it's the middle of a winning streak, this and this. I still back him up 100 percent on that, because, again, he is paid by that ownership for the best interest into the team. And I'm sorry if somebody's paying me 15 to 18 million dollars a year and they look at me and say, hey, what's your best solution on how I protect myself not having to come up with another 37 million dollars? this guy next year we got options it's up to me whether feelings involved or whether we're sitting in meetings every year every every week and quarter and quarterback coach meeting game planning it's up to me to put my business hat on speaking of sean and handle that and that's what he did now did he do it in the right way is that a future you know a former super bowl winning quarterback that kind of rubbed people like oh wait a minute russ how would you do that I understand it, but what difference does it make? Because he was hired, the whole media aspect was hired to fix Russ. And I kept saying he's hired to fix the Broncos. Now, I believe this offense averaged, I think, what was it, 19 points a game this year, somewhere around there, um, that put them in the middle of the pack, like about 19th, 15th to 19th ranked and offensively for this year. Now, hell of high water. I don't care who the quarterback is next year. I don't care what the cap situation is. Due to the fact that he's running the ship, even if the defense takes a step back, that's got to be a top 10 rated offense next year. Because everything's about to be cleared out the building that he didn't have anything to do with. I will hold him to that. Now, is it the same thing I'm going to say what I said for Russ at this time last year? The same thing I'm going to say for Sean this year. If it doesn't work out in Denver, if he falls short of making them a Super Bowl contender, what he did for 20 years or 50, however long he's in New Orleans, I'm not taking that away because I know what I was, I, I saw it with my own eyes. And I know that that's not that easy to do. And I know that it ain't all just about having Drew Brees. But that's the situation. Because who he is, personality, that he's put himself in the corner going forward to have to do that. But overall, it I can't give them a D or F because they've had the most wins that they've had since 2017. They fell short of beating everybody in the division. But make no mistake about it. Remember the Kansas City situation and all that? He said, oh, well, that ain't my streak. You mean how many he was, and I think it was Troy Rake. You know, we've had him on the show. I think he was coming at Troy with that with a question. And somebody, hey, okay. Well, that Raider streak is on you now. I mean, because that's two. I mean, he's responsible for 25% of this eight to nine game lose streak with the Raiders, which I think is unacceptable and a totally embarrassment. That's five times worse than losing to Kansas City 15 times in a row. You know why? Kansas City's winning Super Bowls, competing for AFC championships, winning divisions. The Raiders have sucked ass and been at the bottom as long as this last seven years, eight years that the Broncos been running through coaches and quarterbacks. So that's unacceptable. And the effort, and I saw guys on defense that had U-Haul trucks already when they got back at home on the home flight. The last couple of things I'll say in regards to them, in my opinion, Due to the fact of what has transpired in the last seven to eight years, due to the one thing that's been sticking out like a sore thumb prior previous regime, current regime, previous non-owners, 
I believe there are there are things that are needed on this team on both sides of the ball. The priority has to be a quarterback, in my opinion, in his draft. Sean can think what he thinks, and he knows more football than I do in two lifetimes. I've seen enough of Jared Stidham in some starts and some time in New England. I've seen enough of him in the Raiders when he fell in, uh, you know, filed in, filled in, excuse me, for Derek Carr last few years. And I've seen these last two weeks. I don't believe if you're playing in the AFC, let alone the AFC West, he is a quarterback of the future. He can be a bridge quarterback. He's a heck of a backup, but I don't see it. He can get better. I, I can see the difference of having him in, not rust, maybe some pre-snap, maybe some arms, some movement, being able to go. I can see that. But are you really telling me that a Super Bowl contending team is going to be built around Jared Stidman? I doubt it. So to me in the draft, what you got to do or whatever you got to do, and when I say a priority, whatever your priority is from a team, in my opinion, that's what your first round pick is. And I believe they're going to pick, I think they fell 12. They're picking 12. And we'll have time to look in, and we just kind of did this the other day. We'll have, I'm not going to get in this about who's there, who might need a quarterback. Whatever you got to do. And I feel if it means letting go of some pro bowlers, it's what it is. I've said this before, man. Patrick Satane is family. It's roll tide. But let's keep it 100. I like Patrick Satane. He made the Pro Bowl. He is one of the top corners. The last three, four weeks of the season, the Detroit game, the New England game, and last night's game against the Raiders. He has been in a situation, speaking of Patrick Satane, he's been in a situation where he's been one-on-one with the receiver. And I understand that's Devontae Adams, but he's been one-on-one with a receiver with third and six, third and five, third and seven, need to get off the field, give the offense back. We finally got some momentum and found the end zone, and he's come up short every time. Now, does that mean he's not a top corner? No, but what it does mean is, like I said this before, I thought this AC is like having a top corner on a team that is average or bad it's like basically putting on the uh, uh, 8,000, 10,000 Armani suit or some some Louis Vuitton and putting it on, but you, you didn't came from the gym and you just dirty and you ain't even taking a shower. It just don't look right. It don't smell right. And if that means you got to part ways with a PS2 or either a Justice Simmons or whatever to move up to get one of these guys, that's priority to me. And the whole notion of Sean didn't want to develop a young guy, whatever, well, it ain't on the roster. And I still feel that this whole Russell Wilson situation is still possibly a move for negotiation type of leverage. I believe that they are trying to humble and break down Russ that Russ eventually says, hey, man, you know what? Me and Sarah bought the most expensive estate in the Colorado. I got my kids here in school. We're already with these hospitals. I don't really want to go anywhere. What do I need to do? What do I need to do to stay here? That's what Sean is looking for. So he can say, well, we can, because I do believe if they had an opportunity, it wasn't for that number, the language in the contract, they want to squeeze the last juice out of the limb and they could for another year to avoid the dead cap money, even if you sp spread it off for the next two years. It needs to be that. And um, 
But I do think there's some encouraging things. But I, and this whole locker room was upset and all that. Well, you know, there's a portion of guys that think like, damn, dude, he does want to play the best player who he thinks give the best things a chance. Now, the one thing I'll tell you, I think he's lying from tooth to tooth and ear to ear about it, Sean, which he's got to, is that this whole move for Russell Wilson the last couple of weeks was all about giving a better chance. I mean, no, man, it was about financially. It was financially. They couldn't afford to get him on the hook and getting hurt for the next $37 million. But they got a lot of work to do in the offseason. And I will tell you this, his I, Marvin Mims, that was the one pick. Powers and McGlitchy have been, as, and you know I don't like to go bust soon, they, they've been very disappointing. And those are two of his signings. And George Payton, from all the reports, looks like he's going to be safe maybe. And I told you all that Friday. I've been telling you all that for weeks. The only thing that's going to keep him safe if Sean likes working for him. And number two, the Pinter Group says, hey, we might have all this money. But if I got to pay this guy $39 million to either sit at home or to go somewhere else to play, I don't want to have to buy out this contract as well. So we'll see uh, how the offseason goes for them. But I say a C minus, C minus. And uh, the honeymoon, I think, is really in regards to where he carries himself. He's got to get this as a top. He's got to get a top 10 offense next year. High hell or high water, however that goes. And trust me, they've got holes on both sides of the field. They've got to fill. And they don't have a plethora of draft picks to do it. But the number one priority, they need to get a quarterback in the first round or either trade for Justin Fields. These are free agents. Jameis Winston, like, I mean, he might be free agent. What's going on? Sean knows him. Maybe he's a bridge or whatever, but the free Jameis Winston, Joe Flacco, Garden Minshew, Kirk Cousins, out of that, that ain't it. That ain't it. That's not it. And I don't believe Kirk Cousins. Honestly, I don't know if Minnesota and Kevin O'Connell's ready to move from Kirk just yet anyway. 877-37-GRIND. All right, so real quick, let's make a transition into the national championship game tonight. we got Matthew Rayner checking in. Go, go blue, Michigan by a landslide. Salami stamping. Lee Corso. Not so fast, my friend. Um, look, keys to victory for both teams tonight. Um, I forgot the award they call it. But they give a, you know, they give out the best tight end award, Bitnikoff, the best linebacker, Buckus Award. They've got an award that's the best offensive line award they give out. Washington Huskies, they won that. So by coaches, whoever vote on that, they voted on it. I've seen it with my naked eye. They voted the best offensive line in college football. Michigan arguably probably had the best defense. They could probably say they were slight better. They won last year's Georgia team, or the last the year before last Georgia team, but this year they had the best defensive line in football. And they're being coached by NFL pedigree type of defensive coordinator and head coach. This is the best defensive front that Washington will see all season, that they've seen all season. And this is the best offensive line that Michigan has seen all season. Something's got to give tonight. This is the best wide receiving core that Michigan has faced all year. This will be the best quarterback that Michigan has played all year. Uh, me personally, the way I look at it, I mean, the obvious, you can go, of course, in the trenches like most games are decided. It's real simple. If, if Washington can protect Penix, um, at least every other series, like, you might have some series where they're going to go three and out. Penix gets uh, sacked. Lyman missed a block. Whatever the case may be, fine. But if they're in the backfield all night like they kind of was with Alabama, 
I don't care how many Sunday guys that he's got playing receiver. Okay. Um, they're going to be a problem. It's going to be a long night. On the Washington side, I've been saying this, and I think they showed that somewhat with Texas. Uh, they don't have the defense as a Michigan does, okay? But they are coming in with a defense that's a little bit more physical than I think people give them credit for, and they're, they can get stops on demand where they need to. They proved it to me twice when they played Oregon and Bo Nix. Um, also, I don't believe that Michigan, regardless how good they are, how well they're coached, I don't think that you can keep Penix, the type of offense that they run, I don't believe, and I will be shocked. I will come in and say I'm shocked. I don't believe that they're going to be able to shut them down offensively like they shot down Alabama. For one, Washington's receivers, this year's Alabama team, I don't see any I didn't see any Sunday guys on receivers. And if they did, they're like day three guys, day four guys. In my opinion, it's arguably the worst receiving core that's come through Alabama in the last eight to ten, maybe the last ten years. So I don't think they're going to be able to manhandle like that. There's a better court; it's better quarterback play, especially from the pocket and pre-snap than what they dealt with with Milroy with Alabama. So that off alone, I kind of disagree with Matthew Rainey and saying that this is going to be a uh, a landslide. I just don't see it. I don't see it. They're too good offensively, and I think Washington is too well coached. I think it's going to be a good national championship game as well. And Michigan's keys to victory, they're going to have to score some points. They're going to have to protect the ball, and they're going to have to learn to maybe deal with some adversity that they haven't really faced early on so much up until this point, even more than the Alabama game. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing Spin the One and Twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. And when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the paper. All right, back here on the sports grind. 
Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spin the one and twos. Today's show was presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose, and we have been broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this last segment of the day is going to be presented by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out all their pre-made alcoholic drinks. They come in all different flavors. But whatever you do, don't forget to Zing Zang responsibly. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Um, all right. So real quick, got some other checking in here. Gerald Glenn is checking in and says, even with the Eagles, even when the Eagles were 10 and one, they weren't good. Ravens, Niners and Vegas. So that's Gerald's. Uh, so Gerald's going chalk. One and one, um, which a lot of people have that. I mean, We'll get more into it. I mean, I'll get more into it as the week goes on really how I see, you know, it playing out. I've already told everybody who I feel that is the team most, whether Ravens included, that don't really want to play on the AFC side is really the Cleveland Browns. What do you got, Jones? Well, we did predictions at the beginning of the year, and uh, mine is still on the table. So I think I'm going to keep riding with the Niners and Chiefs. I don't feel great about the Chiefs now. Yeah, you probably should. I'm going to keep riding with it, though. Yeah, you went with chalk early on. I went more on the limb, so you're still available, but I don't think that's going to be the case either. But would I be shocked? No, but I doubt it. Um, You know, it's it's 0-0, man. Everybody's zero zero uh, in the tournament, and you know I think the NFC is a little bit more predictable than the AFC is going to be because I think you can make an argument for almost every, every AFC team that is uh, you know in the situation in regards to where they're you know in the tournament. I mean, like I said, the the least the more I would say this, the one that you would have the toughest argument to make to either come out of the AFC would probably be on Pittsburgh side, but other than that. I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it, how it plays out. Uh, real quick, back to the um, – before we transition a little bit uh, into uh, some basketball and take a look, because I know we've got somewhat a light night in the NBA tonight. There's no college basketball, I don't think, because of the national championship game. Uh, but back to that game tonight. Um, look, going to be a lot of NFL scouts in the building. It usually is around this time of year wherever the game is played. Um, In regards to, because I'm going to give out the uh, foundation plays here in a minute, then I'll release them here on social media. So if you're not following me on Twitter, you can do that, or X, they call it, at Sports Grind. And then usually if you're not, you know, my Facebook page, I share share them two stories through my personal Facebook page. So make sure you get me on Facebook, but I'll share them here and then, will be, you know, moving toward the rest of the foundation for the playoff editions. Um, but back to the keys, I, you know, to me, and you got to wonder, and, and if it wasn't, and let me tell you this, if it wasn't for Harbaugh and what Michigan's team has been through this year with the suspensions, the, you know, sandwich burger gate and recruiting to the sign stealing or whatever, I would sit there and say, him hiring an NFL agent and this whole NFL talk could be a distraction to this team. But I think in regards to the good news to Matthew Reyna, who is uh, all maize and blue, Michigan, I don't think that's the case because this team is battle-tested. Uh, now, I do believe 
this is the last game he's going to coach in Michigan. He has taken interviews for the last two years in the NFL. There's a reason why he hired an NFL agent to deal with this stuff. He's flirted, and I think it comes down to where he's always, and I said it and I'll keep saying that, I knew from day one he's in that press conference, you, you, can't, you can't go through three straight NFC championship games and lose to your brother in the Super Bowl, and some people feel like if Beyonce wouldn't have had all the electricity and shaking around everywhere and there wouldn't have been a light out, the electricity wouldn't end, the 49ers might have won that with Kaepernick. But you're not going to leave that and lose that to your brother and say, I'm done. There's too much unfinished business, but it comes to the time where he's not getting younger and you got to strike when the iron's hot. I never thought he was going to be a Joe Pa or Bobby Bowden or whatever lifer at Michigan. I never thought that. So I do believe there's a 90. The only thing that's going to keep him in Michigan on what's on the horizon, possible sanctions about whatever Michigan, you I'm talking about really. And I don't even know if money's going to be able to do it. I mean, I think Harbaugh would probably say, okay, I'll stay, but I don't want to work for him, get a new AD. Or I don't want to, whoever he's got problems with, they can give him the highest contract in college football. I don't know. He's got the most control, and that's the question. The teams that are looking for coaches, because everybody's going to kick the tires on Harbaugh, and I think he is the number one candidate. I think Ben Johnson, the coordinator for Detroit, is number two, which i got questions about him. But he is number two. He's the D'Amico Rise this year. This is the question is going to be: Are you going to give Harbaugh the control that he's got at Michigan? If you're the NFL team, and it's still apples and oranges controlling 18, 19 year old recruits and young men who's making some NIL money, but it ain't NFL money. Then really doing NFL, but he's been successful on it at the NFL level. What do you got? But again, I really feel like I'm stuck here on why this year because when we go back a year ago. And it was, well, Harbaugh, Harbaugh did the genius thing. He negotiated and, and, and for more control and power at Michigan. It was, a, it was a genius move. So why isn't it again this time? Uh, because it, it was something we missed during the holiday, but we were off. Uh, but on Christmas Eve, it was report, reported that there was a contract offer from Michigan presented to Harbaugh for 10 years, $125 million dollars. Um, but it would have a 2024 NFL clause where he could not entertain or um, interview for an NFL job in the 24 season. Of course, uh, he would be allowed to in the 25 season. His current deal runs in, out in 2026. So why why now? Why was it why was it a genius move last year when we all thought that he was a sure thing to go to the NFL and the year before? All the why is it this time? Well, the one thing I asked you, did he sign that contract? No, but, as far yeah. as it's, it's still offered. Exactly. Otherwise, he wouldn't be entertained. I don't he know about you. He wouldn't be able to contractually, he would not be able to interview know. or entertain. This I don't know about you, but I got to be thinking about something real hard and something's enticing me and flirting with me and my and, and making me feel all good inside for me to walk away and not sign any paper that got $125 million coming my way. Uh, so, the, and, and answer your question, why not? Now, keep in mind. I think that has more to do with because the interview, first of all, the only reason why he didn't get the Minnesota Vikings job the year before last is because all reports that were close to the situation say he came in a little bit too cocky. He he rubbed the ownership off because he walked in almost like he had the job. Like, okay, where, and then that kind of rub. Last year, he interviewed with the Pinner Group. There was a Stanford connection in there uh, with the Denver Broncos. But the timing just wasn't right. But he was serious. And then Pinner got on a plane. And before he signed Sean, he went and got 
got the on the plane and go. That's why I always said Harbaugh was Penner's number one choice. I believe Sean was one one B. Because of the time and Jonas, because I think also why now and not then Jesus, because I think he is. It's not just the power to be at Michigan, but I don't think Harbaugh is down playing the NCAA game. He's really not. Uh, he's a quirky dude. He, he, you know, this is a guy that basically bumped heads, went through three NFC championship games, but was bumping heads with Balky, the GM, every year. I'm talking about reports of arguing in the hallway, whatever, and they were kicking ass. Those 49ers teams were dominating three straight. I don't think we've had anybody. We ain't New England. I don't think anybody's gone to three straight conference championships in a while besides maybe Kansas City. Yeah, the Chiefs. But it's not easy to do it. So I just believe that. The reason why I thought Minnesota trip two years ago, I think that was more of like leverage. I think last year he just basically went ahead and was really serious about leaving. But I think there was a part of unfinished business with this class. Because remember, I kept saying Michigan was the the reason why I felt Michigan was the best team all year, because they're the one team in this whole transfer portal era. You know, recruits here, this and this. They were the one team that had the most continuity of a team that was together for the last two or three years. At the quarterback position, the trenches. Georgia can't say that. And they had they won two national championships back-to-back and won 20-some games in a row. You know why? Because they got guys going off to Goodell. Alabama couldn't say that. Nobody. It was Michigan. So, and the question I'll tell you, if they do beat Washington tonight, what else has he got to prove? At the, what else can you prove in Michigan? You beat Ohio State. Four top, now he's beaten them three times in a row. And let's not forget, just about three or four years ago, I can't speak for Matthew Reyna, but there was a good chunk of Michigan fans that wanted Harbaugh fired. Because when Urban Meyer was coming down the turnbuckles and basically going shook him on him and hitting him with the elbow, get him out, get him out. They wore the weather the storm, weather the storm, probably didn't want to play that buyout either. Weather the storm, he turned around, now he owns Ohio State, and he's got day at Ohio State, maybe on the hot seat and running around looking things. So if you win tonight and the confetti drops and you bring Michigan their first national title since I don't know when, and that are, and you're going to be the number one choice and have your job out of, you can go live in L.A., you can go live in Vegas, you can live in Atlanta, D.C., Washington. Why am I st- because he's family. He played quarterback there. He's always going to be revered as God, especially if he delivers tonight. Why do you stay when you know in your stomach the NFL is the best, the best? That's what you want. It's unfinished business. Well, because you just said uh, about five minutes ago, uh, speaking with Matthew, not not so fast, my friend. So is that contingent on a win tonight? No, because I don't think can so. You, how can you say that you've accomplished what you wanted to accomplish when the expect—I mean, sure—you've beaten Ohio State. You've you've turned the page on that book, uh, or, or rewritten the narrative rather. Um, but but it, we know that in college football, when you get to a Power Five national championship, is the expectation. Because I think so he came up short. So how could you go to the if, if they lose? But how 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 could you? Go to the NFL then. Because you put them back on the map, and I know what Michigan was like before he got there. And Rich Rodriguez, Brady Hoke, he's, he's, he, there's going to be somebody he knows that he wants to pass it off to because he played football there. That's his alma mater. He's personal there. With sanctions. And, and, and number two, well, that might be the other reason why he might want to dip when you say, well, why now? Um, and I don't think the sanctions would be enough to go. But I talked about this when we looked at the rivals where they finished in recruiting. I told you when, when they were at 19 or 15 or wherever they were in this recruiting, that has a lot to do because those other coaches, they're like, hey, man, you you know he's going to the NFL. You know this. And the reason this year not there, 
it goes back to why I thought they were the best team all years because it's like, hey, man, we know in the, his arguing with the AD and everything is like, you know what? We know we need a divorce, but I'm going to stay together till the kids graduate school. Parents gonna stay. Parents know they need a divorce, but they gonna stay together till the kids graduate. He, the quarterback, he's called him the best quarterback in Michigan history. He played there at Harbaugh, so I, I ain't gonna argue with them. Yeah, he's but, a, he's, but, he's his personal he, best prospect yeah. since Andrew Luck. Uh, okay, so and I would tell him, hey man, Harbaugh knows more football than I do in fifty lifetimes. Pump your brakes, Andrew Luck. I, I get where Harbaugh trying to talk this kid up. Hold on, man. Okay, because uh, he can go win the national championship tonight. And uh, was it McSurley? Is that is my man's name? McCarthy. McCarthy. Is he first round? I don't know about that. Even Stetson Bennett went like the fifth round or whatever. Yeah, and he yeah. won two titles yeah, at Georgia. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But what I'm saying, Andrew Luck was number one overall. Everybody, Mama knew that. But back to the point. Stand together for the kids. Now they about to. Now this class is about to move on. The only way he returns to Michigan, win or lose tonight, of course money's going to be a part of it. I think he's going to want a little bit more from Michigan besides money control. And number three, he doesn't get what he wants in those interviews if he don't get the control that he wants in the interview and the money. You don't hire. Last year he didn't hire an NFL agent. This year he has. And I think it has everything, sir, but it's more easy for him to leave. I think that even though he was close with Connalisa Rice, the Pinner Group, they couldn't get him. They were pulling their heartstrings. They couldn't get him because that maize and blue was there. You got him to the promised land. This is his second playoff appearance or third final four. Now he's got over the hump to the national championship game. That NFL's calling him, man. It's calling him. His brother could be on the verge of getting number two in the family. You think you want to go to Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas and the way and you look at you look at the Harbaugh's dad. They're old now, but you can see where they get it from. He's still talking crap on, with his wife after that national Alabama game. Like we know the saying, "Who's got it better than us? Nobody." Like yes, um, yes, senior. We know you started it. You think he wants to show up and have his brother get number two, and he's coached a two-time MVP now, potentially in Lamar Jackson. That pass or the non-quote-unquote pass interference call to Michael Crabtree in the Superdome has kept him up at night. He's coming back to the NFL sooner or later. Why not now? And if I'm the Chargers, I'll tell you, and I said this, and, I, and their cheap-ass Spano family, I'm, I got to see it to believe it. All this money they've been saving, whatever. Like, look, man, you don't have a fan base in L.A. You don't. It's a home field advantage for the visitors every time. You're in there with the Lakers. You're in there with the Rams. You're in there. You've got to hire a big-name coach. you got to break the bank. Bill Belichick, if he's available, they've got to meet. Or you got to go get hardball. I believe it's going to be a bidding war between Las Vegas Raiders and the L.A. Chargers to get hardball in. I think both of those franchises need it. I don't want to see it because I know what that means and what makes it much harder than the AFC West. But that's the reality. The only way he comes back to Michigan if they don't give him what he wants in the NFL. And the guy's won everywhere he's went. At the college level and this. I mean, come on, man. You got guys going to Stanford that are, I mean, these these are brains, man. These guys are going to be doctors and all that. And he, he won in, it was a little bit different college year, but he won there. Beat USC with Stanford. I've always had respect for him. So, what's your uh, title game offensive MVP favorites right now? 
J.J. McCarthy, quarterback, Michigan, plus 125. Michael Penix, Jr., plus 200. Uh, Michigan controls the next two. Uh, Blake Corum, of course, the running back. And then uh, Roman Wilson uh, it drops all the way to plus 1,500. So you're looking at uh, McCarthy, Penix, or Corum. Who do you think is going to have the biggest impact on winning tonight's game? Uh, well, if it's in a, if it results in a win, it's going to be Penix Jr. Because he's going to be, I don't know if he's got to throw for 400 yards tonight or three something like he did at Texas, but he's got to be, him and the receivers got to be on point to be able to win this game tonight. I think on paper, on both sides of the, in the trenches, I do believe Michigan, put it this way, Michigan in the trenches probably on the defensive side got more Sunday guys than Washington got coming to this game. But I believe if you look at the quarterback position, whether he thinks he's the best quarterback since Andrew Luck, Penix Jr. is the best quarterback. And I believe the wide receiver core is better than Michigan. But you got to go play the game. It really just depends on how these – and you're dealing with 18-, 19-year-old, 20 kids. How are they dealing with nerves? Who's going to make that mistake? It's 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 a nerve wreck. It's going to take some time to settle in. Uh, but I'm expecting a good game. I, I'm expecting a good game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout like Matthew Rayner says. I think this comes down to the fourth quarter because I don't see either what these two teams have been through this year and the opponent they played. I don't see either one of these teams getting really ran out tonight. Now, I'll tell you this. But I will say this. If Michigan, for some reason, can't get pressure consistently on Penix Jr. tonight, He's going to make himself a lot of money tonight because they're going to be scouts in there. If Penix lights up this pro-style defense with this defense line, I know Caleb Williams and all that. He's going to make himself a lot of money. Might find himself looking at orange and blue. Maybe move up. Yeah. Yeah, going to make himself a lot of things. I'm on the record, man. Either one of those two, and I'm good with it. It needs to be an all-out push for J.D. Daniels or Michael Penix Jr. Some people still got him graded as a late first-round, second-rounder. There ain't no way that stays correctly if he beats Michigan tonight. And if he does, if he talking about a, a national finals MVP and 300 yards on this defense, hell, man. Hell. <laughs> we look, what, the draft order? We know what the Bears situation. That's still a tricky situation. We got time to get it. Uh, those t- New England Falling past New England where the Bills there. They got what? New England got the number two overall pick or number three, I think. Three or two after last night's results. But, nah. Um, foundation picks, I'm going to release them, but I'll give them to you real quick going in. This line has started at five. It's dropped down to five. I'm going to take I'm gonna take uh, Washington plus five, Washington plus three first half, and Washington plus a half first quarter. I'll share it here on social media here shortly. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you, the snooze button before you're off the rack, just ask yourself, you grind in peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. 
Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.